I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fends him dummy half. It's with the halfback, William. Williams goes himself, comes out the other side, gets it to Croker, bounces away from a would-be from De Goyf, puts a kick out wide, looking for Shandero. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Uh, we are coming off one of the craziest teamless Tuesdays in recent memory for mine. I can't remember the amount of carnage we've had, uh, not only today, but I suppose over the weekend with the key injuries to guys like, I mean, Sean Johnson being the big one. The Brian Totto used to come out today, owned by basically 100% of super coaches. I'll open with a stat on today's show. 26% of the top 1,000 overall-ranked Supercoach teams have nine or more players unavailable this week prior to trades, including 19 of the top 100-ranked overall teams. So on that basis, people have 16 players available. They're going to have to burn a couple of their, their final trades to get 17 on the park. Unbelievable stuff. That's, of course, via our stat man, Adam Berussi. His article will be out later in the week. Strap yourselves in. The run home is going to be ridiculous with depth being such a big issue. Uh, big show today, really, really exciting one coming on. Uh, our first and a very special guest, first time on the show, is the one and only NRL physio, known in the real world as Brian Sini. So for anyone living under a rock, basically via social media, Brian provides this unbelievable real-time player injury assessments uh, across the NRL. Unbelievable resource for super coaches, but more importantly, he's one of the best blokes in the super coach community. Brian, welcome to the show, mate. Boy, it's quite the day to uh, yeah to come on. I, I look that stat is phenomenal, and I guess it makes sense with the uh, the number of number of DMs and and messages I got today about different players. It's um, yeah, I can't remember a day like it to be honest. And uh, yeah, my side set are certainly hurting pretty hard, and I'm I'm sure everyone's here, so it'll it'll be good to sort of run through and and chat through which players are, are most concerning and which you can be feel a little bit better about. It is madness, mate. Hey, your side's running pretty well overall. How are you ranked? Uh, how'd you go last weekend? Yeah, well, look, like I guess, as you boys probably know, my main focus is usually draft. So I usually, you know, go pretty heavy with that. But I have actually been doing quite well at Classic this year. So I'm at about 1,900 ranked and I scored 13.95 last week, which I was pretty happy about. Um, I, I think I didn't choose anything particularly good last week in that I just was pretty consistent I had about 11 or 12 players score over 75 which I think sort of got me you know got me to where I needed to go and um, 
yeah, I'll, I'll look, uh, this week's just going to be, I think I've got 17 fit at the moment. So uh, I, I should be able to run out of side provided Taukiaho plays, but that's no certainty. So uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. Nice one, mate. I know Desi's hanging to a, to ask you a question about Siwa. We will get to a few questions towards Brian a little bit later around injuries and how long he expects these people to be out for. Uh, the next person on this week's show is that man, Desi Creek, who, I mean, a, a week is a long time in Supercoach, as Desi's found out. His score's held pretty well, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and while we've got you, Desi, I hear you're a, you're a bit of a gun little bit. Was it a state champ shot put a discus back in the day? <laughs> Don't know about state chance, but uh, but yeah, I could throw the uh, shot put a pretty pretty uh, far distance, but <laughs> nothing like the uh, Olympians can do. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't need to bring that up to me. <laughs> How's the side looking? Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm keeping my sanity together during this lockdown, but yeah, after the carnage that's unfolded in Supercoach this week, I'm about to lose the plot, honestly. I think along alongside another few thousand super coaches, but yeah, it's it's the uh, the gauntlet you got to run, the risk you got to take uh, when you trade like a madman the entire season, like I have. Um, but yeah, I, I did score fourteen hundred odd this week, which saw me jump, I think, a hundred spots to thirteen hundred overall, about the same as you, Timmy. So yeah, it was I got some big scores with uh, Tedesco and Luai. Uh, sorry, not Luai. Luai was terrible. Uh, only managed 30-odd against the Broncos, which is a bit ridiculous. Uh, Joey Manu scored pretty well for me, but yeah, obviously copped the injuries with uh, SJ and Fanua Blake there, which uh, I think a lot of people copped as well. Yeah, nice, mate. Um, Very solid ranking. You've jumped up a stack in the last month or so. You've got the hot hand big time. Uh, Another bloke who's been... Been flying the flag a little bit for the SC Playbook crew this season. We're starting to catch him, uh, but I think he's set up pretty well for the run home is the high-flying Supercoach Spy. Spy, how are you, mate? Good, fellas. Um, yeah, what a day. Absolute scenes around Twitter this afternoon, and then teams dropped, and it was all happening. I think I, I spent half the day just retweeting stuff from our man NRL Physio over here because he had all the breaking news. But... Um, yeah, we'll see how this weekend pans out. It's certainly I mean, an interesting one. Unprecedented, some would say. Uh, in terms of my own side, same as the last few weeks, boys, I'm just, I've just stayed steady. I've just been really solid and steady, which is a little bit boring, but I'm not complaining either. I'm just sort of trying to get a bit of, bit of momentum happening again. Uh, I've got enough pods and semi-pods to do it, but um, yeah, I'm just staying steady. I've got shout-out this last weekend to Haas for feeder and... My man, Adam Dewey, uh, for flying the flag along with Turbo, as usual. Uh, and Jason Tamalolo was quite against the storm, which is, you know, he got stormed, as as forwards do, not highly unexpected. Uh, and Sammy Walker, despite playing a reasonable game, could, just couldn't get his hands on the ball because Teddy just went bananas when Teddy gets in that mood. He's uh, he's hard to stop, so he, he kept doing his thing. And Sammy was quiet, which was a little bit disappointing, but obviously these things do happen. Um, sitting 540th overall, um, but hopefully in the next week or two I can get some momentum back. I'd love to finish. It's sort of hard to judge given all the injuries and, and people running out of trades, but I'd love to finish top 100 as a goal. I've sort of reeled back from what I was hoping might be top 10 a month ago, but who knows? Long way to go, so we'll see what happens, boys. Nice, mate. We, we've spoken about it all season. We, we, we did forecast this very early on in the year that, you know, shit was going to hit the fan basically in terms of depth. 
uh, for a number of reasons that we speak about each and every week. So, mate, I was a bit the same. The Stallions, uh, 1,342 points, not the best, not the worst. Dropped to 1,300th overall. Uh, so out of that top 1,000. Um, but with the depth in my side, I, basically prior to this weekend just being, and obviously all today's news, I'd sort of maybe conceded, all right, that you know the hunt for the, the top 100 is probably well and truly done. What what's come out the last two days and how difficult this last six weeks is going to be? I think the the top one thousand, uh, based on the stats we just saw before as well, is going to be blown wide open. I think you can reach the top one hundred or the top spot or whatever it might be from a long way down with this last six weeks. Um, if more injuries and restings and suspensions and all this stuff happens, uh, it's going to be absolutely nuts. Anyway, uh, guys, if you're interested in the SC Playbook subscription package, $20 for the NRL package for the run home. Uh, If you're into the BBL Supercoach stuff as well, $40 for the BBL season as well uh, at the back end of the season. Gives you access to stacks of extra content for the season. And, of course, our subscriber special question and answer podcast where one of us answers your questions every week. Let's get into the Supercoach team news of the week. Uh, I'll touch on a few of them injury-wise. We'll get to a chat with Brian coming up shortly and, and get most of them at him from there. I'll start with Brian Toto, who, I mean, actually, I'm going to go straight to Brian here, but, mate, syndesmosis injury today. Hopefully I'll pronounce that right. I'll get nervous every time I say <laughs> that. Um, go on for the season. What are we looking at? Yeah, look, big hit. Uh, I own him. I'm in three draft leagues and own him in every single one of them. I own him in Classic and I've got one trade left. So this is the one that, yeah, hit Ouch. hardest today. Yeah, not good. So, um, yeah, look, they, they're going in. They haven't sort of announced straight away that it's going to be uh, syndesmosis repair. So they've said they're actually going in for exploratory surgery almost. Um, so they've obviously done scans. Scans aren't 100% accurate. They don't always show everything. So there's obviously a little bit of, I guess, uneasiness about exactly what they're dealing with there. So they're actually going to go in with a bit of a camera, a bit of keyhole and sort of see what's going on in and around that joint. If they do need to repair it, it's your usual kind of six to eight weeks that we see with a lot of these guys. Um, but there is a slight chance, uh, albeit very slight, that they go in there and they think, no, like it, it's not too bad. We can just, you know, put him in a boot, get some rehab going and potentially have him back in like that four to six week range, which still look for super coach purposes, it doesn't really help us a lot. I mean, you're talking about round 24 ish um, yeah. return at best case. Uh, and even then, and and something sort of I, I, I bang on about a lot is that, Guys who have the um, who have the surgery actually tend to get back to performance really quickly. Um, whereas if they don't have the surgery, so if they kind of go on the boot, even though it does result in a quicker return to play, it doesn't tend to return like they don't tend to come back quite as good in terms of performance straight away. So he's someone even if you had him for the last couple of weeks, I wouldn't expect him to light the world on fire. Okay, thanks for that insight, mate. So basically, we're looking at four four weeks, probably best uh, best case scenario return to play. I mean, even then, you know, that's as I said, best case. So Toto looking like a sell. What that also does mean, I think, to me, anyone who's still holding on to Alex Johnston, who again we'll get to him in a minute, but I believe maybe round two, maybe two more weeks away. If you've held on to Alex Johnston, hold on to him because Toto has to be your, your preference to trade in that one. Joey Manu, named on the wing for the Roosters with Adam Kieran moving to the centres with more injuries at that poor old club. They've had a tough run this season. Good news for Manu owners. I know Desi's one of them because basically more tries. Uh, centres at the Roosters have never had much of a super coach go about them because of all the cut balls, their ability to drag in defenders, etc. I won't go on. 
Um, good news for Manu owners. Also, Adam Kieran at centre means he'll kick goals. So bad news for Walker and Teddy owners who have had a few cracks, although they're missing more than they're getting. So it probably doesn't matter too much. Uh, COC Watakiaho named on the bench as per last week. Owners will be praying that he stays on the bench as an extra number this week. Spy, uh, Sean Bloor, you're an owner. I'm an owner. Starting for the Tigers this week. Mate, there's a four-forward bench being named. What a valuable extra number for a lot of us this week. What sort of minutes do you see him getting and are you playing in this week? Yeah, certainly handy. Um, I'm lucky enough to have Harry Grant named in the 19. Uh, I think you do as well, mate. So the problem there is Bloor's probably going to be the option as your last reserve for a lot of a lot of owners. Uh, or, you know, the way it's looking, it could be really tricky. But to do that, I'd have to forego Mr. Harry Grant. So I'll probably just sit Sean Bloor just in the fact that if Harry does play, I want him in my side. But, I mean, I think there's every chance he plays 50, 60 minutes. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't looked... Uh, overly match fit in the games I've seen. But, I mean, we'll see what happens on an edge there. Hopefully, if you, if we do have to play him or, or get him in his auto-emergency, he can pump out 60. But, yeah, somewhere between that 40 and 80 mark anyway. We'll see what happens. But a handy extra number indeed. Yeah, very handy extra number, mate. Uh, unbelievably, poor old Cody Nicarima owners. So... Roger Tuovar-Shek, who spent time at 5-8 recently, um, gone. He's stimming the NRL. is over. Very sad. A, a massive loss to the NRL. Going home to New Zealand early. Um, Peter Hiku comes in at 5-8 for the Warriors. Sean O'Sullivan comes in at halfback. Cody Nicarima still can't get a start in that side. And of all weeks that owners needed him, um, they won't get it. Hopefully get some more right minutes off the bench. Anyway, another massive blow. Tane Mill named an 18th man for the Bunnies. Uh, a huge loss for owners of Milne there. Cam Murray, one game suspension, won't play. Um, Brian, a little, a few rumours that uh, Caelan Ponga, Mitch Barnett, Connor Watson, all in a little bit of doubt this weekend. Uh, how do you think they're looking? Do you expect them to take their place on, again, probably the little information that you, you have on that one? Yeah, look, like I think Pongers is, it's probably the only one that's obvious what's going on. Uh, so he's got the sternum injury that he bought, bowler counts picked up at training. Uh, look, he was able to sort of play through it last week and it is one of those ones, it is it is mostly a pain tolerance issue. Uh, so whether they can needle it up and, and whether he feels good enough to get out there. The good thing about playing at fullback is he doesn't have to make 40 tackles a game. He doesn't have to, you know, hit the ball up 20 times if he doesn't want to. He can dump it off to his wingers and that kind of thing. So with the spot the Knights are in at the moment, I'd be pretty surprised if he didn't play. Like, I think they'd be looking to really, you know, jab some needles in there and get a chest guard on and sort of get him out there as best as possible. Now, in saying that, once again, because the, the big thing with, like, your sternum and your rib injuries, it, it's it comes down to performance and then risk of re-aggravation. So... Performance-wise, you know, he might be a little bit limited limited in throwing those, you know, cross-the-body passes and different things and having as much zip on them. And then he is at risk if he does take a hit up and cops a blow in the wrong spot, that could knock him out for the rest of the game because they are just super, super painful. So I think, you know, with the week we've got, if you've got him, you're definitely playing him. But he's not someone I'd be rushing in via a trade, that's for sure. That's bloody outstanding, mate. You are a dead set god amongst men. Hey, boys, Nico Hines starting for the fullback again. Ryan Pappenhausen off the bench. Pappy's going to be below about 500k in a couple of weeks for anyone interested in him. Uh, Harry Grant, as the spy mentioned before, finally for patient owners, myself included, the spies one as well, named on the extended bench for the Storm. 
No need to speak too much about him as we'll wait for news further in the week. But every chance he comes onto the bench for the Storm, um, whether or not they ease him into it or play him for that regular sort of 60-minute role we've seen at times this year. Uh, again, we'll wait and see how that plays out. Tyrone May out for the Panthers along with every other player in that club. Good news from Matty Burton who moves to the halves finally, although against the Storm, I don't think it matters. And ideally, you probably wouldn't want to be playing him anyway. No TPJ at the Panthers still. Uh, I was banking on him playing this week because I'm – while my depth in my squad's good, I'm short at front row. Uh, it's going to force me to probably play Spencer Lenu. I was hoping with James Fisher-Harris out and Isaiah Yo out that Ivan Cleary might have rushed to get TPJ in there. Still hoping for a bit of a word, but that's based on nothing other than desperation. Uh, and if you've ever seen more of a, a purely super coach relevant team change, it's the fact that no Teague Wilton on the team sheet for the Sharks today made me absolutely ecstatic because it means that CSC for Talakai... <laughs> Starts for the Sharks, hopefully plays 80 minutes as he did on the weekend. Um, awesome news this week for Talakai owners because he looked like being one of the dud, most biggest dud trade-ins you've seen in a long time. But he hit back last week, uh, four forward bench at the Sharks name, although I do suspect that Matty Moylan may come on as the utility there and play a few minutes. Uh, and lastly, Desi at Manly. Pretty big news there in that Curtis Sirenen finally comes back from injury, named on the bench. Carl Lawton back from injury on the bench. Josh Schuster and uh, Oluka Atu, uh, obviously the starting back rowers for Manly. Uh, Desi, people looking to sort of move Torhu Harris onto Oluka Atu or might be looking at Josh Schuster at 5'8". How do you see this impacting the minutes of, of those starting back rowers? Yeah, it's a tough one to gauge. You, you really never know what Desi Hasler's thinking there. Um, but yeah, Oluka Atu, I, I said last week, I, I just don't think he's viable as a trade-in. Um, he, he definitely has attacking upside. He runs the ball super hard, always looks like he's going to break the line, but I just I, I don't think that people have enough trades left to muck around with those manly, that manly rotation. I just I wouldn't be touching them. Schuster definitely looks like a hole to me, but the rest of them I just wouldn't touch. Yeah, uh, the way I sort of see it for what it's worth, purely speculative, but I think Carl Lawton probably spells Lockie Croker at hooker and might, might play 25, 30 minutes there and might play in the, just as a, uh, maybe like that roaming lock type role as well at some point in the middle alongside Jake Jaboyevic. Uh, Schuster should play his 80 and I reckon Sirenen probably comes on and spells Oluk Artu for maybe 20 or 30 minutes at some stage. Oluk Artu is another who can obviously move to the middle if need be, um, but it'll be interesting to see what Desi Hasler does with his bench there. Boys, we've got Brian, the NRL physio, on the show this week. So I'm going to fire a few questions at you, Brian. Uh, again, plenty of stuff you answer across your socials, but a great insight for our listeners. Mate, first one for you. Don't have to go into too, too much depth, but unbelievable injury rates this season. We we believe that we know how quick the game is this season. There's, there's more there's more sets of six. The game's quicker. You know, a lot of HIAs. What do you think it comes down to, in your opinion? Yeah, I think, look, over the last couple of years, I think everyone underestimates a little bit just how much of an effect like the whole COVID situation is having. Like last year was the, you know, I guess the biggest example of it where everything just changed on a dime and it was just so crazy to go from isolation training to, you know, normal footy within three weeks, which it was just bonkers. But this season in particular, like it, it, 
blows me away that these changes have rule changes have been brought in so heavily in a time where we're facing something like COVID mm. and so many unprecedented situations already because you've got the as I said that that creates enough of a challenge and then you throw in these new rules which by all accounts increase fatigue increase speed of the game fatigue is a risk factor for injury uh you know too much fatigue leads to more muscle strain that can lead to you know getting your head in the wrong place in tackles which we've seen increased failed hias that kind of thing so i don't think you can point to one specific thing like like a point to the rules and say it's all the rules or it's all covid but it's just like a real big perfect storm of a whole lot of different factors that there's a few I guess, factors that are controllable, i.e. bringing in new rules that you could potentially, you know, argue could be rolled back to try and help the players out um, because COVID's something that we can't really control. But, yeah, I just think it's, yeah, it's just a combination of all those different things, unfortunately. Okay, cool. Thanks for that, mate. Hey, it, it almost seems inevitable that there's going to be great arrests in the back end of this season. I mean, Along with the the risk of the higher injury risk that we're seeing this sort of season, uh, the quicker game, you know, players must just be absolutely gassed getting to the back of the year, particularly the high flying clubs. You know, Melbourne, Penrith, and the Bunnies who who have that top three spot, you know, pretty close to locked in. We think um, again, finishing first and finishing fourth isn't going to make a difference this season because the way it's looking, there's probably not going to be home semifinals anyway. Um, Mate, there's going to be a lot of rest in the back end of this year. How bad do you anticipate that being? Obviously, clubs who are in the fight for a top eight spot or maybe Roosters in the fight for a top four spot, maybe not as different, but it's going to be um, helter-skelter, isn't it? Yeah, for those top sides, and as you said, I think they're the ones that I've kind of identified as those ones up the top, particularly your Melbournes and your Penriths. Like, I, I can't see any justification for them sort of running guys out sort of, you know, even if they've got like the small sniggle or something like that, um, you know, or even their big players because with the injury rates, uh, I mean, we've seen Penrith's, you know, season hinges on the, the integrity of Nathan Cleary's shoulder effectively uh, and and this season more than any with the, with the injury toll. I, I think you're going to see a lot more rests. I think the good news is the fact that um, you've got sides like Manly, the Roosters, where player you know super coach players have high ownership of, of guys in those teams they should be pushing for you know potentially a top four spot or or something like that so so they might get out there more but particularly those top sides I'd, I'd be really nervous about your melbourne's penriths and potentially bunnies getting a rest in that round 24 25 for sure mate and then you look at Parramatta, who have a really tough run home uh, the Raiders beating them on the weekend really makes that fight for fourth place. Uh, it's going to be huge. So, as you said, your Parramatta players, your Roosters players, your Manly players who are more than likely going to be your your fourth to sixth place teams, they're fighting for that spot. Then there's a huge fight for the top eight. We know spots seven to about 11 or 10 are pretty congested as well. Good news in terms of getting players on deck, tread cautiously with those top three teams. Uh, mate, I'll throw a couple of players at you. Just give us your thoughts on when they may be back um, because there'll be a lot of super coaches out there holding plays and thinking, oh, do I bite the bullet and sell them now uh, or do I hold on to them with, only, with such scarce trades left? The first one, mate, <clears throat> mate is Alex Johnston. How, how far do you see him being? 
Yeah, so the Rabbitohs actually came out with a really excellent injury report today. So usually they just kind of, they do sort of, I guess, talk about their injured guys and stuff like that. But today they talked about where they were in the rehab process. So Alex Johnson's running at about 70% at the moment, which is is pretty good. And he's expected to stay in the rehab group this week and next week and build up his speed sort of towards the end of next week, which would be leading into round 21. So he won't be back for round 21 at, at any you know stage, but they're hopeful for round 22. The fact that they said hopeful, though, is something that doesn't fill me with a heap of confidence for a guy who you know relies on so much explosive acceleration, has a history of hamstring issues. So like I'm sitting right on the fence at the moment. I know that doesn't help too many people, but... I don't think it's locked and loaded round twenty three, round twenty two. Sorry, I think round twenty three is a real chance because once again, there's there's no benefit to them bringing Alex Johnson back in round twenty two if he's not quite a hundred percent. They can still like they've got Josh Mansell who can more than you know capably hold up a wing for him while they get him right. So I, I put out a tweet today that they're hopeful for round twenty two, but if I was a if I was an owner, I wouldn't be counting on that. I still Look, with the way it is, you know, even if you get round 23, 24, 25 out of him, that's still better than probably a lot of the other injured guys in your in your side. So I think, like, I've got him and I'm definitely still holding him because I've got Toho and, you know, a whole bunch of other guys that I could trade out. Uh, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that round 22 is a lock. Okay, mate. So, yeah, I'm with you. If he's back even round 23, uh, I think the Toho riding put the – the Toho injury put the riding on the wall. I think AJ's got to be a hold – Mate, the million-dollar question, Nathan Cleary, he, he's so pivotal to this Supercoach run home. Um, good and bad news, him not playing this week. Good news because, well, actually, it's only bad news. We wanted him to play this week against the Storm, hopefully go low, get those big price drops because who the hell can afford him at over a million dollars. Mate, when do you anticipate Nathan Cleary being back? Yeah, so it's one of those ones, the longer he sort of stays out, the better it is for his future injury risk and and performance as well. The real concern with him coming back is is that re-injury risk. It's quite high for shoulder subluxations and dislocations. So anywhere from sort of best case 20, 30% and sometimes up to about that 70% mark. Um, so look, I'd say they're, they're going to play it extra cautious with him. Apparently he's been really, really good with his rehab and stuff like that. Next week would be a six week return to play, which is about sort of when I expected him to come back initially. And it sounds like he is still tracking for around that round 21. Um, so I'd say round 21 is probably more likely than round 22, but it's going to be one of those weeks. Uh, but he's involved in one of my, uh, anti-pod pod things later. So we'll, we'll talk about that soon. Okay, mate. I was about to serve you a follow-up question there, but I reckon it's going to tie right in with the antipod pod. So I'm going to hold off on that one. Um, who else we got here? Mate, a massive one for my team personally and a lot of us running low at front row. Adam Fanil blake I don't know how much information the Warriors have put out, but there hasn't been a lot of news on him. How long are you expecting AFB to be out for? I can tell you how much information they've put out on him, and that's a zero. Um, <laughs> the Warriors are horrible yeah. with their injury info. They give <laughs> nothing away. Um, so, look, like this is probably something where I am going out on a limb a little bit in that trying to use my, I guess, area of expertise looking at video and 
and funny, funnily enough, I get a lot of video from social media these days, the players' social media. So anyone who follow, follows me has probably seen the gory sort of images of Fanua Blake kind of showing where the wound in his finger was and stuff like that. I was actually really encouraged by that footage, and I know that sounds really weird, but when you're looking at a compound finger injury like that, you're looking at two options, either a fracture or a dislocation. So a fracture obviously involves the bone breaking, whereas a dislocation, you know, the joint just dislocates and can be put back in. The fact he had good movement in his finger, so he's trying to, you know, show the goriness of it and flex his finger backwards and forwards and open the hole up, <laughs> which was lovely. But effectively, that makes me lean much more towards a dislocation. And a dislocation, we've got a guy like um, uh, Jamal Fogarty from the Titans who had exactly the same injury. And he's a chance to return this week after only missing one week. And that's pretty standard. Like if you have a compound dislocation, you're just looking for wound healing more than anything. Um, So usually you see guys back in about one to three weeks. So he is a massive hold for me at this stage. Um, I, I wouldn't be selling him off unless you had no other injury concerns, which I doubt is the case. Um, so yeah, I, like I'm very, like I'm cautiously optimistic that you might see uh, AFB back in the next couple of weeks. Mate, that is absolute music to my ears. And with the Warriors' injury toll, they couldn't name a full squad today. That's how dire it is for the poor buggers. Um, had to get to Noah Brown back early from a quick little loan to the Dragons. Very, very good news there. I'll save you the time on Sean Johnson, who we believe is should miss pretty close to the end of the regular season with the Sharkies. So you've probably got to move him on. Uh, we spoke about Brian Ty. Mate, the last one from me before I send it to the other two boys for a few questions. Harry Grant, uh, held very patiently with him, named on the extended bench this week. Um, whether he plays this week or it's next week, how will his impact be on return? And do you see him returning to that sort of 60 to 80 minutes or do you think they'll ease him in a fair bit? I think they'd be crazy to take him back to straight back to 60, 80 minutes. I think the way that it was managed the first time round has contributed to the injury the second time round. Like, I just thought it was bonkers that he was picked as the effectively the sole hooker for Origin 1 coming off a hammy injury. And that load, just even though he didn't injure it in Origin, then going back to the Storm and that load build up, um, he suffered another one. Once again, they need Harry Grant for finals. Um, I think it's going to be a, a limited role because where your risk of hamstring injury is at its greatest is under fatigue. So I think they're going to want to try and limit his fatigue at least in the first week or two. Uh, so, yeah, I, I certainly would be shocked if he was playing, you know, north of 60 minutes. I think somewhere in that 45 to 50, maybe pushing 55 might be more uh, more likely. But then once again, you know, his um, his performance should still be pretty good in those short spurts. With coming back from a hammy, performance isn't a major issue a lot of the time. It's more that risk of ring injury that you're dealing with. So he's one who I wouldn't be rushing out to grab sort of straight off the bat if he's named. If you don't have him, like you boys have him and that's, you know, that's okay. But I think if you don't have him, I wouldn't be rushing out because the risk is at its greatest in the first two weeks on return to sport. So you're looking at about a 9% risk of re-injury in professional athletes in the each of the first two weeks back. Mm, outstanding stuff, mate. There you go. So as you said, uh, Harry Grant, even the 40 to 50 minute roll, not ideal, but I mean, a week like this where we're pretty scarce on numbers, you know, it's Harry Grant. Kids are freak. He could do plenty of damage in that time. So not a bad play, but again, you're probably ideally looking to play next week and certainly hold off on the trade there. Uh, Desi, anything for Brian, mate? 
Yeah, well, I think you mentioned uh, you owned Tauke Aho, Brian. So uh, he's one player that's really bugged me all season. Um, he started like a house on fire, I thought. Uh, goal-kicking duties for the Roosters, was striking them pretty well. Uh, was looking like a keeper in the front row forward position until he went down, I think it was round six against Melbourne. It was. It looked like a pretty innocuous rib injury or something like that. But he only ended up missing a week, but then he came back and just hasn't looked the same since. Like He's lost the kicking duties to Sam Walker. His minutes have been pretty erratic as well. And yeah, it, it just like... He, uh, it defies explanation for me. I, I don't really know because the, the, the Roosters are pretty tight-lipped about it. Um, so, yeah, I was just wondering if you had any uh, inside scoop on TKO. What's the, what's the actual injury there? Yeah, mate. So this is actually a really interesting case in that I usually, if you go to my social media, you'll see me give the Roosters a rap quite commonly for their injury management of players, particularly around concussion and that kind of thing. But this one has just absolutely hit me for six, the way that they've sort of managed Taukeaho this year. Um, so in terms of his rib injury, to only miss a week, um, I had I, I, through setting up my Patreon this year, I've, I've sort of been looking more into how injury affects supercoach scoring specifically. And when Taukeaho went down with that rib injury, and when he was named only a week later, um, I, I sort of had a gut feel that, middle forwards don't perform well coming off significant rib cartilage injuries and, and, and not missing much time. So I had a look over the last sort of three, four years and, and it averaged about a drop between 10 to 15 super coach points per week over the next month once a player returned. So that kind of didn't shock me. I, I, I kind of put that out and, and, and then lo and behold, yeah, he was pretty average for the next month. And it's just because, once again, he's got to make all those tackles, hit-ups. You've got a sore rib. You cop and blows. Your performance just isn't going to be as good. Your minutes probably aren't as high. Then there was this weird, you know, through the buys. He had a couple of weeks off. The Roosters said nothing. I had assumed that it was a that it was an aggravation of the rib injury. But it actually came out that he, he suffered a hamstring injury, I think it was round 12, and then he had two weeks off, and then they brought him back for three weeks, played him like 60 minutes straight at some you know points, like massive minutes, and then Trent Robertson came out and said he was playing at about 70% in terms of his hamstring, which is just mental with a hamstring injury. Like, you know, I beat on and on about the, you know, the seriousness of hamstring issues and the re-injury risk and that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, and, and so now it's resulted in, you know, it resulted in a downturn in performance a little bit, and now he's obviously re-niggled it and missed the last couple of weeks. So I own him. Um, I've been yeah really really shocked with how the Roosters have sort of gone about that one, especially playing him in massive minutes, sort of in big blocks. Once again, fatigue a big um, a big risk factor for hamstring injuries. So he's one who like I think now that he's had a couple of weeks off, I, I, I'm leaning towards more that he'll play this week than anything. But I'm certainly not like I think I might have 17 or 18 players this week um, with if I make my final trade, and I'm actually probably looking to make my final trade so I don't have to play Taukeaho. Whoa. <laughs> I've just I've found it really frustrating that they keep like naming him and then he's just pulling out the last sort of minute. Like they're naming him at the 17 jersey and then last week they just pulled him out without any sort of explanation. 
It's happened a couple of, on a couple of occasions. Just it's boggling my mind. Yeah, man, I, I completely agree with you. You're not alone. Like I, I seriously have had not many answers. Like I've had people throwing questions at me on Patreon, sort of being like, you know, what's going on here? And usually I've got, you know, some explanation of, oh, you know, this is the, you know, what they're thinking rehab-wise or whatever. But with Takeaho, I, I, like I literally just sit there and I'm like, I, I can't see. I'd love Trent Robertson to sit down. He never would, but I'd love him to sit down at a press conference and sort of be asked you know, what's going on and why have you managed him this way? Um, because, yeah, it, it just seemed very out of character for the Roosters and certainly for a hamstring injury to be managed that way. Um, you know, these guys play through heaps of injuries and that's fair, but usually with soft tissue strains, they tend to, you know, be taken care of a little bit more. Yeah. Um, good stuff there. So basically the, the NRL, I know this from a a journo background um, point of view and um, medical experts and whatnot would have the same sort of thing. But the NRL historically have just been terrible with their transparency with any sort of information, particularly team news, injury news and that sort of thing, uh, compared to what other sports, particularly what American sports provide us. So basically, Brian's come in with the NRL physio account across, I said, I think it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and gives us to the best of his knowledge on the limited access uh, information that we do get uh, information to help us make these decisions, which for Supercoach, if we had this information, it would be so much easier. Unfortunately, it's not that easy. Um, so do jump on and check out his Patreon because that gives more extensive insights into this sort of stuff that we've spoken about today. Uh, Spy, mate, anything for Brian? No, I just want to say that was outstanding, a really good listen. Um, it does sort of add a bit of interest, though, doesn't it, the lack of transparency because you spend half the week just worrying or getting excited, then uh, you see what happens. But, yeah, it'd be good if, good if they'd let us know. Um, but, yeah, it was good to listen to you, mate, while I sit here massaging the hemis of my Harry Grant reverse voodoo doll. <laughs> yeah, mate, you gotta got to hope that he just, yeah, that, get through those first two weeks and he'll absolutely light it up and mate. you, you can sense. After the, after the second week, the risk usually goes down to below 2%, mate, so that's where you're happy as Larry. Let's get him through. Beautiful. Hey, guys, Quantium have jumped on board as a sponsor for the SC Playbook podcast this season. Quantium are Australia's premier data science and artificial intelligence company. If you're interested in a career fueled by game-changing analytics, break away from the pack by joining the Quantium team today. Uh, hit us up on our socials or the website, email, whatever, if you are interested in that side of the things with Quantium. Guys, hot topics of the week. Um, initially in the hot topics, because you get towards the back end of the year, we're running out of trades. I was sort of thinking, you know, we need to, to add change up the topics a little bit. We are going to do a specific sit v start segment this week. I had all these, you know, Jason Saabs to talk about, Josh Schuster's, all sorts of players. Um, a day later, all these injuries hit, and it just became absolutely irrelevant because people don't even have 17 on the park. We will get onto a few of them, though. Uh, I'll start with you, Spy. You've been a bit quiet over there, mate. I've, uh, I've kept you in the dark a little bit. Sean Johnson, um, likely gone for the rest of regular season or thereabouts. Looks like a trade. What's your plans with Sean Johnson, mate? Are you looking to move him on to someone this week or is he your ticket to Nathan Cleary? Mate, just while I have been quiet, I've got some breaking news on the pod. Uh, unfortunately, we're not live, but uh, Luke Thompson has been banned for three games. That's official. So another one bites the dust. Uh, we'll have to do one live next time. There's a big judiciary hearing. But um, for SJ, mate, I will, I'll definitely hold this week. Uh, I did have a little look at going straight to Jerome Hughes, who I really like, but look, they're playing Penrith, who, although a little bit decimated, still should probably defend reasonably well, so I didn't want to do that. And to be honest, he's my ticket to Cleary. 
Um, as Physio just said, there's every chance Cleary's back next week. If I can go SJ to Cleary, which I do have a little plan, uh, that could be huge. So I'm just going to hold off for now. And with any of these injuries, I think you don't want to just trade them willy-nilly, especially given the trade status of most of the sides going around at the back end of the season. So only trade someone if you need to. That would be a decent upgrade or if you absolutely need to, to do it to get 17. But yeah, Cleary for me. Uh, with Hughes and DCA in the mix if Cleary doesn't come back overly healthy or looking that good. Yeah, nice, mate. It's um, a bit of an interesting one because SJ is going to be my ticket to Cleary as well, but at 445K, you know, you've got over 500 grand to make up there. So you need a few price drops from Cleary uh, to be able to fund that sort of trade along with another trade, which we know we're all running out of. Desi, uh, Tom Trebojevic is obviously the number one fullback this season. There are lots of options for a number two fullback to partner Turbo for the run home. We were speaking a little bit off air. I mean, Clint Gutherson, I think, is a sell because Paramount have a brutal run home. I don't think he quite has the ceiling of these Pappies, Teddies, Pongers, Latrells. But with so limited trades and guys like Toto, you've got to move on, um, Sean Johnson's, it's going to be hard for Gutho owners to trade out a fit, genuine gun in Supercoach despite a tough draw. If you are doing it or you're in another position, maybe you've got an Alex Johnston at fullback or something, who's the man to partner Tommy Turbo for the run home? Uh, it's Teddy. It's always going to be Teddy. He's been the best fullback for the last 10 years. We know how good he is. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think Latrell is a close second with that South Sydney draw. Pappy, not sure on him. He could come good, but... It looks like Hines is just going to keep the goal kicking from what we've seen, and that decreases Pap's value quite a bit. Ponga, way too hit and miss. Teddy's just by far the most sturdy. Um, <laughs> I think you, you should do whatever you can to get him in. He's He looks like he's back to his best. He's over that hit pointer injury, I believe, and I think he's ready to lay down the law and remind everyone why he's the best fullback of the decade. Desi lad, spy here, mate. I don't disagree. Um, I think Teddy's going to be fantastic, and they've got a few good games to finish, I believe. But I just want to throw out there, firstly on Ponga, if he looks even anywhere near his best this weekend, he then finishes with Brisbane, Cronulla, Bulldogs, Titans, and Brisbane, which is absolutely ludicrous. So if he's healthy... He's going to be absolute magic, um, which could give him the edge over Teddy for mine. And the other one, just on Pappy and Hines scenario, Hines may well kick, that's fine, but he can't kick if he's not on the paddock once they're full strength. So that will depend if Pappy takes back the one jersey. So it could pay just to wait a week or two there. Uh, but really, really uh, interesting stuff. Hines will, moves, Hines will move to centre. I have no doubt in my mind. There's no <laughs> way Bellamy's not playing him in that 17. I don't know if he's ever played centre, though. He's a, he's a half and a fullback. But he, he, <laughs> he may. I'm not saying he won't. I'm not saying he won't, but Burton and Tommy Troyowitz are phenomenal athletes who can who can play in the centre, so I'm not convinced that's going to happen. But it's, it's a chance. It's definitely a chance. Now, Desi, you, I believe, have two trades left. You have what well, might be 17 fit players this week. Um, that might be even after making a trade. You mentioned to me that you, you're looking to go Gutho to Teddy. Gutho to Teddy, me? Oh, do you not have him? Uh, I, I've already got Teddy. Uh, oh, my fullbacks are set. They're set oh, and forget. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> you said you would, though, if you were a Gutho owner, despite oh, yeah. being if, if I was a Gutho <laughs> owner, absolutely. Bring in Teddy. Uh, you've got to go for the highest ceiling uh, players at this time of year. And Teddy probably has the second or third biggest ceiling in Supercoach. Yeah, I like the trade, but I think you'd want more than two trades up your sleeve because, well, big trade out otherwise. Uh, Brian, who's your who's the? Well, you've only got one trade left, mate. So, you're, <laughs> what are your fullback scenario at the moment? So, I do have Gutho and um, Turbo. Uh, it, it, I'd love to get move Gutho on, but I just am in a position where I need every healthy bloke available. So. I've got, in my side at the moment, I've got SJ, I've got To'o, I've got Tohu, um, and it's deciding. So that obviously opens up uh, either a half, a centre, or a second row or front rower with a few jewels. I'm probably looking at bringing in Haas, just because I've also got Fisher-Harris as well. Um, I'd have to start Takeaho this week if I don't bring in a Haas. Um, and I think, look, he, he's shown that he, he's able to put up between 80 and 100, and it's not a Teddy 145, but I just, it's either, yeah, it's otherwise I'll be running with, I could be running with 15 players if I lose a couple of guys next week. So it's just a, a position that I can't put myself in, I don't think. Mate, I'm, I've got Gutho as well, and it could be the smart play, absolutely. Gutho's been outstanding all year. Um, the run home, whilst he has a couple of tough games in the last two rounds, that could also be a resting Melbourne or a resting Penrith, so we'll see what happens there. And he's still plugging on nicely. He's averaging over 80, so there's nothing too wrong with Gutho, despite that draw. The other is one, Moses boys, in, actually? Is he, nah, not, not this week, mate. So, yeah, so he'll sweet. kick, which is lovely, if they can get a few on the board there. So that's good news. Hopefully the Chooks are a bit flaky again. Um, but, boys, Adam Dewey, he's a fullback as well. He has the best run home, Warriors, Dogs, Cowboys, Sharks and Bulldogs. Um, he's right in the conversation. Surely you move on a 5-8 to him, though. Like, I mean, I, I, don't, I wouldn't be happy to move a fullback on to Dewey Spy, but outside of Cody Walker, there's, there's not many people that you know, are necessarily going to score more than uh, Dewey at the, on the run home, and he may even outscore Walker. Ideally, for sure. But again, if you've got two trades left or one trade left, um, you, you might only be able to get him in one spot. And if that's fullback, don't don't look against it. It's still, still an option. But yeah, ideally, you get a gun fullback and do it at 5-8, 100%. Yeah. Hey, Desi, on to your Manly Seagulls once again. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans is turned out to be one of, I mean, the shrewdest and one of the more season-defining trades over the past month or so. Uh, put up a monster, 172 on the weekend, 119 his last game before that, 85 before that, 148 before that. Prior to that, was only having an okay year, very hit or miss, but he's really found his straps of late. Mate, there's a lot of people trading in this week, obviously in that halfback spot, 767K. What are your thoughts? It's, it's a lot of money for him, and you'd almost certainly be foregoing Nathan Cleary by doing so. Yeah, I mean, shout-outs to Timmy Moody coming in first. <laughs> Owning DCE, absolute masterstroke to push him out to that 200-point lead. Uh, I don't know if I'd be getting DCE. Uh, I think if I was chasing and behind him, I'd be foregoing him and trying to get Cleary because that'll be a massive pod that you'll have against uh, against the first-place team for the run home. So I, I just I think 
that's 767k. That's uh, it's a bit overpriced for DCE. We know that he can go 150, but we also know that he can go 20. Just depends on whether Turbo gets the ball or Cherry gets the ball. Yeah, I'm with you, mate. It's probably my most overused term, uh, but I think we talk about the ship sailing. I think the ship has probably sailed on DCE at 600. 767k, should I say. It's a lot of money. Um, and as you said, we know that he can get go 40-odd points in games as well. Um, Brian, let's say in a hypothetical world where you had four or five trades left, a lot of people still do, a lot don't, especially a lot of people will be burning a few this week. But in a world where you don't have one trade left, Damien Cook, mate, 500k, uh, went nuts last round. Is he a guy that you would consider at hooker for that price, knowing what he's done in the past, knowing that the Bunnies traditionally finish on a high? I will throw out a number. He has four tons this season. Every other score has been 64 or below, including eight scores under 50. Uh, do you think it would be a case of chasing last week's points or is he a viable option? He's not bad. As you say, I think he's just been way too up and down for probably my taste. Like, I do lean towards, and he's someone who's got zero injury concerns. I know this is typical of, you know, the NRL physio to sort of talk about injury concerns, different things. But I do take it into, you know, account. I figure that's where I can get a bit of a, you know, an edge on others is is my ability to sort of look at those things. And and particularly, you know, we're all running low on trades, whether it be one trade or four trades. And bringing in someone like Cook, who has no injury concern at all, I don't mind at all. Um, you know, it's it, it's one of those things that you can probably bank on. He, he's much more likely to play, you know, at least four of the next five games than some other options at hooker, like your Harry Grant. You know, he might not be back this week. He might still be suffering some hamstring tightness. He might re-injure it. You know, there, there, there's doubts around those kind of things. Reed Marnie's got his shoulder that he's still, you know, managing through. So, yeah, Cook with, no, like, no concerns at all. Um, if you just want to lock that down and he is a little bit of a pod, uh, I don't mind it. And it's it's a good point you make. I mean, across the whole season when you trade in uh, people who don't have any lingering ish, injury issues going on, but particularly this week when we've got a few trades left, they, every one of them trades is so, so vital. Uh, a, that you're not trading out someone who's actually playing, um, seems obvious, but people will do it. Uh, and B, that you're not getting guys in with uh, a risk of re-injury who are coming back from injuries. Uh, I'll get to one in a minute in my pod plays. Um, just quickly, Matt Feeguy, the third most traded in play this week <clears throat> at the Dragons. I think he's bargain basement price. Just wanted to say, proceed with caution on that one. Playing his third game, He's got a break-even of negative 110, so he's going to make a lot of money. But if you're trading him in, unless you've got five trades left or something, you're not trading him out again this season. His job security is pretty ordinary. Uh, the Dragons players are still serving bans from the Paul Vaughan party. They've seen games across the last three weeks. Um, so I think there's a lot of risk with that, even if it frees up money for another trade for you. Uh, fellas, that's it for Hot Topics for the week. Let's jump into our anti-pod and pod plays. And I'm going to start with Brian because it's been killing me since he mentioned it earlier on the show regarding Nathan Cleary. And I sense, mate, that he could be your antipod play because it takes a bit to come back from his injury. 100%. Yeah, so my antipods, uh, I just don't think Pappenhausen and Cleary are worth it. Um, and I know that's a, yeah, like I assume it's an antipod play. But um, like with Cleary, just that re-injury risk, it only takes, and it's something you can't really predict. Like, 
the way that it happens is you just get caught in a bad position in a tackle or trying to score a try or something like that. So that we've had countless examples of, of guys, so you Gareth Widdop, Ewan Aiken, um, you know, there's been a few other guys who come back, first game back, have popped that shoulder out again. Um, and if you're moving heaven and earth, you know, as you said, 500 grand that you've got to try and move around to bring him back in, and then he pops it back out in the first game back, that would just kill you. So I think the only way that I would conceivably do it is if you've got another trade to trade him back out again after you get him back in. I think, yeah, and and that's my that like that's my antipod, I guess, is is the fact that I think bringing him in, and then the thing with Pappy, which which I'm a bit off. Obviously, there's the whole Hines situation, which is really hard. But considering Pappy's, um, you know, history with concussion now and stuff like that, it only takes one hit to his head, and and that could be his regular season done. He came back over the weekend, his first hit up, he kind of got caught high, and my heart was in my mouth. Like, I was like, oh, shit, here we go again. Uh, so, yeah, that that's probably where I'm leaning with those two, is I'm like, even if you had four or five trades left, I think even with the Cleary, like, if you can get him in with one trade and then you've got another trade to trade him out, I don't mind it. But I think bringing him in on the proviso that, yeah, sweet, I'm going to have Cleary for the rest of the season, I think you're just playing with fire. Mate, I can hear the spy sweating through the microphone because you've just won. <laughs> the spy has basically from round one a 25-round trade plan uh, and you've just shattered it. <laughs> right, and luckily for me, Pappy's actually just superhuman. So if he does get a head knock, <laughs> he somehow won't get HA8 again this time. But uh, yeah, no, I, um, purely from a football sense, I just want to see him come out and play their footy but um yeah it's, it's spot on mate can I ask a question while we've got you just on Cleary there uh say one of my plans was just to look how he see how he looks in the first week or two if he was to get through two rounds and playing good footy do you think that's really encouraging or is it a case of in the game three if he gets caught in the awkward spot it could go again just as easily as game one so yes and no, and I, I'll explain why. Like the longer it goes from when he suffered the injury, uh, the better, right? Because he's able to get more strength into it. That's why I don't mind the delayed return to play with this is because obviously the longer he goes, the more stable he can get his shoulder. But at the end of the day, he's got significant damage to his shoulder joint that needs repairing via surgery. And they're delaying that to the off-season. But what that means is that he's going to be at an increased risk no matter how strong he gets that shoulder. There's there's definitely been confirmation that he's got damage to his labrum, which is the, the, the ball and socket of the shoulder joint. I've actually heard a few whispers that he also has a torn rotator cuff muscle in there as well. Uh, which is, look, it's something that can be played through. And a perfect example is is Kalen Ponga last year. So they actually didn't scan him at the time, but he played the last sort of five or six weeks with that shoulder um, and kept sort of subluxing it. His probably wasn't as bad as Cleary's was, but Ponga sort of, you know, dipped off in his performance late in, late in, the, in the season. He was aggravating his shoulder a lot and stuff like that. But if Cleary gets through two matches, his risk decreases a little bit. But once again, if he just gets caught in the wrong position, it can still just go because the damage is there that needs to be repaired at some point. And that's why, like, it's not like a Harry Grant who gets through two weeks and then his risk drops to, like, 2%. I'm like, yeah, like, that's great for Harry. Whereas the nature of Cleary's injury, he's going to have that hanging over his head for the rest of the season. 
Yeah, you're a legend, mate. Um, it's an issue one. You've got to. The other thing you can do, everyone, is if you do bring in Cleary for say the last three weeks or something like that, if he does get hurt, you'll hopefully have another backup half just to play. You don't have to trade out Cleary. You can sit him on the bench for the last few rounds if it all goes astray for you there. That's true. Uh, hey, Brian, your pod. Oh yes, my pod play. So. I once again did a little bit of research because a few guys were um, had Bradman best at the time when he sort of went down, whether it be in draft or classic, they were kind of looking towards, you know, hoping that he would come back around that round 20, 21 and looking at the hot draw that they had. And I advised at the time and I went back and looked at historical examples of, of different players like Dan Tupo, Brian Toto, Bradman Best himself all coming back from syndesmosis surgeries. And as I mentioned earlier, guys come back from these syndesmosis surgeries and their super coach scoring is unaffected. Even all of those guys that I named came back with 10 to 20 better average, point better average when they return from these syndesmosis injuries. So my pod play is I don't mind going early on a Bradman Best or even a Tyson Frizzell. I think he's someone who's flown under the radar a little bit, and I think with their draw to sort of finish the season, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be turned off by the fact that they're coming back from their surgeries. Um, I think you know it's time and time again been shown by historical you know outside backs and by edge forwards that they come back and perform, and and that's what we want as super coaches. We don't just want them to come back; we want them to perform at their usual level. It's been shown that they they are able to do that. Nice, mate. Uh, well, I'm going to keep you on that note. Uh, blokes come back from injury. My antipod play, it's been a chaotic arm. I haven't had a chance to update my own little notes in this one, but my antipod play was going to be sitting Brian Toto against the Storm this week, uh, which I was looking at doing. Put a line through that. Don't have an antipod play as a result. My pod play, Katoni Staggs, who will be relatively popular option for Toto, uh, funnily enough, as a result of that. Um Brian, 60 minutes game one, 76 game two, 80 minutes on the weekend against the Panthers. Uh, I'm looking at bringing Tony Staggs in potentially this weekend. Um, would you be confident in that coming off his ACL injury or is it, again, probably one to avoid with class trades? Yeah, I actually don't mind it. Um, the thing that concerns me the most about him is his hammy. Um, he had a few issues with his hammy sort of during rehab, um, even pre pre-surgery um he had a hamstring strain then suffered the acl and they went down the path of not taking his hamstring as the graft for the acl because they were concerned about ongoing hamstring issues but he still suffered it so there is a little bit of concern there but i do know from a few people i've talked to at the broncos that they they left stags out an extra sort of month or so to really fine-tune his rehab. And it actually turned into more like six weeks. So I think he had that two-week suspension sort of tacked on to the end as well. So usually with guys coming off ACLs, we see them rushed back in the shortest time possible, like as soon as they kind of, you know, pass all the return to sport markers. But with those longer-term injuries, it's something I talk about a lot. There's a big difference with long-term injuries between return to sport and return to performance, particularly with ACLs. I usually go with, you know, 18 months is kind of so that second season back. But I think with Stags, he's shown enough, and I think it's probably taking that extra six weeks the Bronx have taken with him. He's shown enough that he's actually performing quite well, like he's tackle-busting, he's offloading, he's breaking the line, that kind of thing. So I don't mind it at all. All right, love it. Cheers, mate. Uh, hey, Desi, your pod and any pod, pods for the week? 
Yeah, I've uh, I've gone sort of vanilla with these ones. Antipod player, I think, is just sell Gotha. Um, I just I don't see the value in holding him. I think if you can flick him to Teddy or Ponga uh, or Pops, even if he if he comes back, it's it's just the it's the play. Uh, pod play. Uh, I didn't want to say this one because I own him, uh, but he's moved to the wing for the Roosters, and he's. I think he's got a three-round average of 90. It's it's Joey Manu. Mm. I think he will be a very popular trade-in for Brian Toa. Um, I, I just don't see him not scoring tries for that Roosters team. On the wing, he should get a few meat pies. Yeah, that is it's such a bonus, him going to the wing, because he was a genuine two-week play when he moved to fullback. Even when he moved to fullback, there's a chance if Teddy backed up from origin that he got one week at fullback. I was thinking, mate, oh, yeah, it's, a, it's a big risk. But uh, now that he's on the wing, uh, I'm really intrigued to see I'm intrigued to see his base output, how many runs he gets through, because I think he'll be a lot more of a worker on the wing uh, and just tries with the big one, obviously. Uh, Spy, what have you got, mate? Yeah, my first one, boys, is just around a bit of a strategy. Um, it's what a lot of people might do already. I'm not sure, but it's just not rushing those trades on the bikes like Brian To'o, Sean Johnson and these guys. If you can already field a decent 17 the next couple of weeks and you can't gain excellent value by trading these guys, it's fine just to sit on them for a few weeks because what you might find happening is you might have depth in your centres so you don't have to play them, but then you might lose a back rower or a fullback. And if you suddenly use your trades this weekend to to do something, then you're not able to, to sort of turn over that fullback or back rower in the coming weeks. You'll find yourself short and you go, oh man, I wish I would have just held SJ as a backup half or maybe because I didn't need to play him anyway, that sort of thing. So have a look at it. Obviously, if you need to trade them and, and go for the points and and strengthen that squad, that's fine. But don't rush it. Like You, you don't need to make the trades this weekend, potentially. Uh, and you might find yourself trading out, uh, needing to trade out an absolute gun in about two weeks' time that saving that trade could come in handy for. So that's just something to think about there. In terms of actual players, it's in the centres as well for me. It's a few juicy options, I reckon, that, Obviously, much lower prices than Toa. First one is Dane Laurie from the Tigers. He's averaging about 60 for the year, but their run home bar round 24 versus Penrith is is that's outstanding. So he could he could fly home and average sort of 65, 70 plus uh, if he can get his hands on the ball enough. Uh, that's if Dewey doesn't take all all his points, my man. Um, Corey Thompson's another one. Uh, the next two weeks and then the last two yeah, weeks, he's got four four really good games. So I think he's one to look at. He's underpriced due to his injury. Uh, so I think he, he could be outstanding value there, Some, someone to look at. And um, Brian's already mentioned it, but Bradman best for sure. As we know, the Knights fly home. If he comes back healthy outside Ponga, whew, could be good. Stuff, mate. Um, we will we'll skip through the punting plays this week via Top Sport. Uh, we're running a bit out of time, going a bit over time, so I want to get to a few questions at the end. All you need to know there is that the Spy is in last place, up 50 cents for the season, uh, and he's not going to get a chance to jump over that this week. So we'll leave it at that. We will jump onto our Round 20 Trades and Skippers. Uh, Brian, you mentioned you might be pulling the trigger on your last trade, and who are your skippers? 
Yeah, so my last uh, last trade, I'm probably going to bring in Haas. I think. Um, yeah, it's I'll I'll be really struggling to pull the trigger if Takeaho's name to start. Luckily, they're the first game of the round. I think if he's named to start, I'll probably hold off. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think Haas needs to come in if he's named on the bench or not named at all. And then Skipper, yeah, I just can't go past my boy Turbo. Good stuff, yeah. Easy one there, Turbo, I reckon. I think Desi will be thinking pretty similar. What have you got, mate, Desi? Two trades to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost considering just throwing uh, yeah, throwing caution to the wind and using both of them. But yeah, uh, for the time being, I'm just going to go Brian Toho to Gagai because I, I just think that's the safety trade. But, yeah, I could easily change that to someone like Mazu or Olam for a bit more upside, spice it up a bit. But, yeah, the VC is going to be on Cody and the C on King Tommy, of course. Mm. I, I've spoken about him a lot, and I really hope people stay off Gaga. I loved him as a pod for the run home, but I can't believe more people haven't jumped on Dane Gaga, to be honest, and he's at an affordable rate now. So if I wasn't a Gaga, I'd be going straight from Toto to Gaga. Spy, what are you doing? Desi, just don't use your last trade on Mazu because he might not even be playing <laughs> next week. So I know you love to throw caution to the wind. And he could go. No, well. no, could, no I'm yeah. not. I'm not using it on Mazu. No, I'm getting Gago for sure. But uh, I might be using it on Haas uh, to trade for Newell Blake to Haas. But I, I just think I need that. Maybe keep that one last trade up. I must leave for the last six weeks because there's going to be some carnage. I think you might need it. That's a good call. Enjoy the last. <laughs> enjoy the last of Desi Creek for the year on the podcast. He's going to burn through both of them this week. And you might want to come back. <laughs> Yeah, you'll go, you'll go missing in action for sure. Uh, for no, me, I'll boys, <laughs> that's it. Uh, for me, boys, no trades this week. I'm just going to hold. Uh, I'll have a classic probables, possibles versus probables shootout on those three centres I mentioned before. See who comes in for Toto in the not too distant future. Um, and I'll be keeping a very close eye on the fullbacks as well. And that's Ponga, Pappy, and Teddy to see who may come in for Gutho if required. Um, in terms of VC, I'll probably go Adam Dewey. In fact, I'll definitely do Adam Dewey uh, into Skipper Turbo, of course. Um, scored 95 last weekend, and he, he had a, an underwhelming game, if you will. Sweet, mate. Um, at this stage, no trades for me. I've got four left. Uh, depth is looking all right, so I'm trying to savour that and, and be in a pretty decent position going forward. I've got a few blokes back in the next couple of weeks. Really wish TPJ was playing this week. Um can't quite afford to go AFB. Well, I don't want to trade AFB anyway now. Speaking to Brian's changed all my plans, gone cold on Nathan Cleary. So I need to go back to the drawing board and re- reassess things. But likely no trades at this stage. Uh, skippers, VC, Cody Walker, C, Tommy Turbo. Boys, let's jump into a few questions and then we'll wrap it up for the night. Uh, first one from this will go straight to Brian. <clears throat> Question from William. Thoughts on the Rabbitohs playmakers' injuries and whether or not Trell is an option for the run home should he get the kicking. So, mate, there's been a, a – Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds, they're both playing. They've both been named this week. Uh, are they fit and firing, do you think, or is there a few niggles around? I know I've seen a few whispers. Yeah, Cody copped a, uh, just a cork, um, so not much concern there just to his knee. Like, you know, might have a bit of bruising, but 
yeah, not much to talk about there. Reynolds, there is a little bit. He did, did have a scan. He, he had a slight strain to one of his hamstring muscles. Thankfully, not kind of the major. There's three hamstring muscles. He, he injured sort of one of the lesser important ones. So even though my usual rule of thumb is most minor hamstring strains, you see him return at two weeks. When it's one of those lesser ones, you can occasionally see a guy come back within a week. Uh, but he's one who, I, like, once again, I, I hate all kind of hamstring niggles and those kind mm. of things, especially with Reynolds having a, a history of niggles in soft tissue and, and stuff like that. So I don't mind, um, yeah, going after Latrell as a bit of a pod play um, with, with Reynolds having that hanging over his head because potentially he could have a rest this week which you'd get uh, Trell, you know, killing it and kicking. And then who knows, you know, he, he could tweak it again next week when he comes back or something like that. So you, you've got the odds in your favour in terms of even if he does play, he does have an increased risk of injury. Okay, mate. Yeah, Latrell, seriously, massive super pod for the run home. Uh, well worth a thought for anyone. Probably gutho owners, I'd say. Um, Desi... Question from Todd. Running out of numbers for this week. Join the club, Todd. Need a replacement for Torhu Harris. Currently looking at Frizz, Kolomatungi, who has been outstanding, or Olika Artu. Which way would you go, mate? Oh, it's got to be Frizz, I think. Uh, you know my thoughts on Olika Artu. He's, he's good, but I just don't see him being uh, super coach relevant. He just relies on the attacking stats too much. Frizz has very solid base. He can offload, tackle, bust. He's uh he, he looks to be back to full fitness. Uh, I just can't see you going wrong wrong with uh bringing in Frizz. Okay, um yeah, mate, I'll, I'll be with you. And I think all of us on here would probably be thinking pretty similar. Uh, a lot of these questions I've got here are based around your Nathan Clearies, your is AFB a trade out, uh, these sorts of things. So I think we've basically covered a lot of those ones so far. A question I'm not going to ask Spy because I know his answer. I'll throw back to Brian. A question from BT. Shoe start to Dewey before he becomes unaffordable. That's option A. Or lodge to Murray via Jules. Cam Murray's out anyway. Focused on head-to-head. I suppose the question there, which uh, BT won't be alone in this one, but would you be going Schuster to Adam Dewey or do you think that's a bit of a luxury trade at this time of year? I did that exact trade two weeks ago, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little bit biased in that, and I've I've very much appreciated Dewey's scoring over the last couple of weeks. I just think, as good as Schuster is playing on an edge, I don't think he has the ceiling that Dewey does. Uh, that's why I made the luxury trade, and here I am sitting with one trade, so I probably regret it now a little bit because I don't have yeah much place to go, but. I do think that Dewey can put up 140, whereas, uh, yeah, Schuster maybe can't. Physio, you only need 16 players when you've got Dewey, don't worry, mate. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, I don't think it's sideways at all. And just on that Schuster, we spoke about the Manly back row before, but Manly have quite a good run home. I think if they do get get out to early leads, um, if they do, you know, Schuster coming off that injury, I think it might have even been a hammy there. Uh, got to be every chance with that serious back row depth to play a few 60-odd minute games. Uh, so I think Dewey, Schuster to Dewey, definitely not sideways. And I think it's a terrific trade if you're in a position to do it uh, with trades in your side. Hey, Spy, question from Sam Ford says, Hey, Legends, DCE to Dewey, sorry, DCE v Dewey and Teddy v Ponga can only have two for the run home, head-to-head player. Which way would you go, mate? Crikey, that was complicated. 
So it's, um, first part A, DCEV Dewey, money not an issue. Uh, DCE in, does that mean? Sorry? Who do you pre- over? Who's better? Who's better? Oh, the, oh, sorry. I thought you meant Vi Jules. That's what got me. <laughs> like, what's going on here? Um, I would be going Dewey, but it's tight. I really rate DCA as well, but Dewey's run home with goal kicking is outstanding. And Ponga V Teddy, if you can wait a week, uh, I would, I'd prefer Ponga, but I just want to make sure he's fit and look at himself this weekend first, if you can. Sounds like the spy's been dabbling in the devil's lettuce over there in North Sydney. Question <laughs> from Blake Shaddix. For, this is the lucky last. I'll throw it. Uh, we've given Brian hard enough time as it is, so I'll go to Desi. Need to bolster my CT dubs with a few underperforming. Ramian and Tuba. He says he's thinking Rapana for the run home. Not a terrible run, to be honest. Des, what are your thoughts on Jordi Rapana? Supercoach gun of the past. Under the radar this year, averaging about 63 or 64. Fullback last week, killed it. What do you reckon? Yeah, I like him at fullback. No no doubt. He's he's losing pace and tackle boss ability. That's, uh, that's a certainty. But uh, the first part of the ca- the question baffled me here where he says Tupo's under, underperforming. I, I thought Tupo's yeah, gone nice, pretty well. Nice no, he, I'd, he I'd agree. Eighty last week. I'd agree with that, boys. In that he's only scored one try in three weeks, uh, certainly since I bought him. But G's been rock solid, um, and he'll get a double soon enough. But just quickly on Rapana, speaking of my boys, my original gangster there, uh, he has got in the last two weeks. 11, 13, 24 tackle busts in two mm. weeks. So don't write him off, Desman. And for not writing him off, he's he's definitely uh, on the radar for. Uh, but I just think. Guys like Gakai, Tupo, Olam, even Ramian. I've got all these options. I just I wouldn't go get uh, get Rapana over any of them. I think he's down sixth or seventh on the best center wing list at the moment. <clears throat> I rate him highly if he's going to start fullback. We just need to see where Bailey Simmonson returns because he's been named extended bench this weekend. So that's something to watch there. Hey, yeah, boys, I'd, I'd think Simmonson would come in. While, while we're at it... Um... SC Playbook exclusive. We may not have seen Chance Nickel Clock start for the season as well. Um, a chance at returning, uh, depending on how the Raiders are looking, but they're going to be in that top eight hunt. Uh, was initially looking like it was going to be the season, may not be the season, so we'll wait and not see. Not to jump in, mate, but that's an NRL physio exclusive from when he first suffered the injury. Oh, <laughs> very good. Very <laughs> good. Hey, I, 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 can, I, <laughs> I can edit this podcast, so I'll chop that out so I get the heroics. It's just an update on the earlier comments from NRL Physio 20 yeah, weeks ago. I, like, I love it. I love it when clubs come out with this stuff and they're like, oh, definitely out for the season. And, like, Canberra, for example, got Joey Leilua back from the exact same injury in, like, 10, 11 weeks a couple of seasons ago. So there was no reason that, you know, unless he had an extended, you know, like a few issues in rehab that he couldn't push for a late-season return. There you go, right. and that's exactly exactly why you should be jumping on and giving NRL Physio a follow because it's stuff like that that is so valuable information uh, for NRL super coaches out there, one of the best resources you'll get. Hey, Brian, we'll wrap it up there, mate. Thanks very much for jumping on the show. No worries, guys. Really enjoyed it. Any time. Cheers, mate. Desi, thanks. Yeah, legendary stuff, Brian. Uh, and Spy, mate, big once again. Thanks, mate. Yeah, uh, Brian, you're a legend, mate. Thanks for coming <laughs> on. Even better bloke. Um, not to, to give you too big a head, but, yeah, great stuff, mate, and cheers, boys. Yeah, Brian's head's pretty swole over there. I can sense it through the mic. <laughs> now, all good, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 